Thanks for listening to Open the Word. Today, we're throwing it back and dusting off an episode from the archives. We've had some great conversations over a decade of radio ministry that deserve to be heard again. So you might hear some new voices and old references, but we hope you still enjoy these episodes. You found a place to belong here in the Circle of Friends. I'm Missy, and I'm with Gwen today. Gwen, welcome back. Thank you, Missy. We're continuing our conversation from yesterday, aren't we? I think we should. This whole idea of hope, it's a, mm. uh, it's a struggle sometimes. Sometimes, uh, frankly, it's easy to have hope and be um, assured and confident and knowing, you know, God's got this thing. And then you can run into a circumstance and find yourself kind of faltering. Mm. And when that happens... Um, as we talked about yesterday, what's your hope in? You know, are you looking at circumstances and trying to define God? Or do you know who God is and allow him to define the circumstances or to, you know, filter the circumstances for you? You know, I was thinking um, about 1 Peter chapter Mm -hmm. 5, and it's interesting because there's a verse there that's, um, it's a great verse about hope. It it says that uh, it's, It's verse 10, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. This idea of God's God's got this. Mm. There's hope in that. But look at the rest of this this chapter here. Um, It's kind of amazing to me that the rest of the chapter, or the few verses above it, starting with verse 5, it's talking about um, resisting the devil. Mm. And it's talking about pride. And it's talking about, it's sort of talking about, hey, look at yourself, examine yourself, where are you at in all of this? Because if you're not careful, you'll position yourself to struggle with, um, I think, struggle with hope. Struggle with those disappointments. Struggle with things that you can't quite grasp. And the emotion of all that, yeah. which is real and true, but the emotion of all that will take take over. Yeah. And in that in that very vulnerable time, guess who guess who steps in and you know messes you up even more? Um, uh, let's just read those few verses there. It says, um, "Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you." Be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Mm. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Mm. Isn't it interesting that Peter is not saying, if you, it's like when you go through this, Mm. when you, after you have, suffered a little while it's gonna happen you're gonna run into this uh and and this is what you need to do you need to focus on who god is and allow god to perfect establish strengthen and settle you yeah i mean that 
that whole picture is like that's the anchor of our, you know, he is the anchor of our faith and he keeps us secure. Yes. And, you know, the interesting thing I'm, I'm kind of thinking as you're talking about this is um, a lot of times in Psalms and all over through scripture, you will see um, the authors, the writers, like they'll tell you about their struggle and then they'll say, but remember, and then they'll go back through God all the way through their history. You know, how God's shown up, what God's done. Um, you know, I just found something on Facebook the other day that went through how faithful God has been to the children of Israel, mm. you know, to the nation of Israel for the last 70 years. I mean, it just it just recounted some things. Um, and it just was amazing to, to look at this email and just go, you know what, God's got this. It, this is not going to be about the United States supporting Israel. This is going to be about God just showing out for his people, you know, and we're going to get to watch some truly amazing things in the next couple of years, I really think. But, you know, I just was chuckling to myself, just thinking about how, you know, when you look back and you can see God at work in your life, then the present situation you're going through You've, you're more anchored mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. and you're more anchored in hope. You're more anchored in because you have a confidence because look at where I've been mm-hmm. and God showed up and this is how he showed up. Yeah. And, and so you have your story mm-hmm. stabilizes you. Yeah. It reminds me of Philippians 1, 6, which was a verse that I, through a really difficult period of time in my life, I really hung on to being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will complete it uh, until the day of Jesus Christ. So he is at work in us and will continue to be at work in us. And to know that, um, yeah, Yeah. to me that is, God's got this. I I may not get this. (laughs) I may not understand this. I may not grasp this. I I may not even be where I want to be in this whole process. But but God, God has it. He knows it. He knows me. He knows the whole situation. He has understanding where I have none. And really my task right now is to hold on to him and not, not worry about the circumstances mm-hmm. or the emotions. Yes. Because the minute you get your eyes off of him, you are you sink. You sink. Yes. In the waves. Yes. In exactly. life circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. You get tossed about like the wind and the waves. Yeah, absolutely. And and what is that one verse in him? Um, it, it talks about how he stabilizes us, how he just, he gives us a sound mind. Yeah, he gives us, yes. I, I was thinking of another verse. The There's Romans, a couple of them, Romans, actually. Romans 8, <laughs> verse 24, you know, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Yeah. Right? Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In other words, this, and it's like we talked about earlier, faith and hope are connected. (laughs) And, uh, you know, if you, you know, I have to see it to believe it. Well, that's not, that's not faith. I actually just turned there, Missy. It's Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. Yes. And it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's evidence. It's confidence. I'm looking at several translations at once. Uh, conviction, you said. It's 
um, it's substance, the New King James yeah. Version says. It, it's something you can kind of sink your teeth into because grab, it's hold on grab to. hold mm-hmm. of, but it's not something that you can explain. If we could explain it, or if we could see it and touch it physically, if we could see and touch God physically, then where, where's the faith in that? You know what I'm right. saying? Exactly. We, we have to make, we have to kind of step out in the belief, in the knowledge, in, in, in the hope of who he is, that he is who he says he is. And experientially, if you've known the Lord for a while, you've already seen that in your life. Yes. That's the evidence for me, yeah. you know? Um, well, and let me back up a couple of verses to Hebrews ten twenty three. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our mm. hope without wavering for he who promises is He's faithful. Faithful. So why, why do we hold fast? Because God is faithful and he's the one who promised. Yeah. And then it goes right into, now let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Well, why would it follow the verse about holding fast of the confession of our hope? Because we need the body of Christ to help us. Absolutely. You know, we can't hold hope alone. Because we need to see God at moving in other people's lives as well mm-hmm. as our own. Because sometimes, let's face it, we're in the valley. Mm. We're in the shadows. We're in the dark, deep, mm-hmm. yucky places. And we need to be able to see somebody else who's walked through it and, yeah. and has come out the other side. And maybe that's the hope we hold yeah. on to. Maybe it's another believer looking at us going, I get that you have no hope right now. Let me hold hope for you. Yeah. Let me hold on to that. You oh. stay with me. Because we'll walk this together. God is always working. Mm-hmm. It's it's we who cannot always see him at work. Yes. And yeah. that's okay. That's okay. It that's where you really do need to hold on to hope or or as you say, have someone else hold on to hope for you. Yeah, absolutely. Have someone else praying you through those dark valleys, those dark times. And you know, there is nothing sweeter than being carrying the burden with somebody of their loss of hope and being able to look at them and say, listen, I know this stinks. I don't know how God's going to resolve this. I have no idea what this is going to look like, but I'm going to tell you, hold fast. Don't walk away here. Like you just keep your head down, keep doing a step at a time, because I promise you this season will end. And I promise you that if you've walked faithful, you're going to be surprised at where you end up. Yeah. You know, hold fast. And, and, you know, I've walked through seasons where I've sat with people and held, and just held that, not knowing how God was going to answer it, right. but knowing that in my life, I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it in other people. Mm-hmm. And I know that if you stay faithful with the Lord on the other end, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like, he brings you out. Yeah into a different place. Read the verses from Romans 10 again. Mm. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises, who promised is faithful Mm. and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, Mm. not forsaking our own assembly together as the habiters, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And again, having the eternal perspective, there is a day coming. Yeah. Um, we're, we're pilgrims and foreigners and aliens in this land, in this yeah. physical world. Um, there is a spiritual world. There is an eternity that we're facing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the hope that we have. Yeah. You know, and I think, unfortunately, what happens to us is our eyes get so 
caught by the glitter of this world or by the circumstance the we're circumstance in right we're now. in right now like yeah. we're like we forget to look up yeah. look up and and view eternity and think about eternity um think about what god has provided for mm-hmm. us um this is just a blip in the continuum of time i mean uh if you've if you're it, as you grow older, you see how fast time is moving. It's, it seems to be moving faster. It's moving at the same rate. But I don't think you realize it as you were young. You you mentioned right. that yesterday. Yeah. That your your hope is kind of... It's you, different. It's different because you think you have forever. And if you know the Lord, you do have forever. But you don't have forever on the earth. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and so, you know, I think too, when I was younger, like specifically the one, the just wanting to be married, like... It was always, well, if it's not happening now, it'll happen soon. Surely it'll happen. You know? It's just not right now. Right. And then you hit like 25 and usually there's this like crisis of, oh my gosh, is it never going to happen to me? And then you hit 30 and you're like, what is going on? And then you hit 35 and you're like, okay, maybe I need to put this dream down. Maybe he's calling me to a life of singleness, you know, and, and you just kind of, you know, that's the course that it usually runs for most of us is that there's seasons where we hit ages and we're just like, okay, you know, like for example, 30, 35 is usually pretty rough for women because we know that after usually 35, it gets harder to get pregnant. Yeah. And so carrying babies, we kind of, that yeah. dream slowly dies, you know? Um, even for couples with fertility issues, yes. those age things are are huge yeah. because we know that their chances decrease over time. Mm. You know, so like that kind of stuff, like that's one of those areas that when you're younger, hope looks very different. Mm. You know, it doesn't get shaken as much because there's still time. Yeah. But it's like when it runs out of time or you know, yeah. Um, Anyway, and so I I wanted to kind of bring us back in um, with Hebrews because Hebrews talks a lot about hope, actually. Mm. Um, And so this was actually just, I want to recap a little bit because I want context for Hebrews. Because it's, when I found out the context for Hebrews, it made it make a lot of sense to me. And it's something that had never quite been explained this way before for me, um, in all of the sermons I've ever heard in Hebrews. (laughs) Um, but what's going on in the book of Hebrews is that, um, it's early and it's early after Christ has, is, has died and gone to heaven and the early church. Um, and so basically what you had is you had a lot of Jews who came to Christ and, and then what happened is the Jewish, (laughs) um, people who were still Jews started, picking on or harassing or, you know, different things, confiscating property, just bullying basically. But they really started to turn up the heat on these new followers of Christ. Um, and these followers of Christ were trying to figure out like, do they belong in the temple anymore? Don't they like they're getting kicked out of the temple They're, you know, all of these things are just shifting and changing for them. And they're seeing Christ as, you know, the answer to everything that the Old Testament and all of the Jewish laws and traditions had pointed to. Um, but then life starts to get uncomfortable because they're getting a lot of persecution. Mm. Um, and so they're contemplating whether they're going to go back and play it safe, whether they're going to go back to the old system um, and, and get out of the heat, so to speak, get out of the fire. And so the book of Hebrews was actually written to encourage the believers that were considering leaving Christ and going back to the old system. 
um, leaving the new covenant, going back to the old covenant, it was to encourage them to stay faithful and to hold hope. Um, and so you end up with a lot of verses about just being steadfast, Mm. um, and holding, holding, um, firm and, you know, just being firm till the end. Um, and so you just have a lot of encouragement in the face of all of their sufferings. That said, let's go to Hebrews three, verse six. Um, and it's talking about, um, one of the main points that this makes is that Jesus is better. And it does that over mm. and over and over again. And so in chapter three, what you're seeing is that Jesus is better than Moses. Um, and so it's been talking about that, but then it gets to verse six and it says, but let me back up and read five. So it'll make sense to you why I bring in Moses here. Now, Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken of later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence in the boast of our hope firm until the end. Do you feel the hope in there? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and this is talking about Christ was faithful as a son over his house. Um, a son's more faithful than a servant every day, mm. or at least should be, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and so there, there's this idea of just holding fast to our confidence and then the boast of our hope till the end. Um, and then I'm going to take us over to chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 11. You know what, maybe we better just read this whole section. So let's back up to 9, um, but I'm going to point out something in 11. But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you, things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust as to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name, and having ministered and is still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath given as confirmation is an end to every dispute. In the same way, God, desiring even more so to show the heirs of the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, that's one, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope, we have as an anchor for the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And there's Mm. so much layered in this one. But do you feel the hope being anchored, just repeated over and over? Yeah, like like get a hold of this and understand that this is firmly planted this is unshakable truth right here yeah hold on to this i mean and and he he even goes into god 
in his nature and how when God promises something, there's nothing greater to swear by right. than himself. So he uses himself. Right. You know, I that's just how crazy is that? I mean, just the idea of that. You know, Gwen, just looking at this in the message, verse 13, um, for when uh, for when God made a promise to Abraham, uh, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. The message says when God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Mm. Um, and I love how you point out that there was... And scripture says there is no one greater he could make a promise by or swear by, or there is no one greater to put your hope in. Yeah. He is the one that does not change. His character, who he is, does not change. And so again, we're back to looking at circumstance rather than God. If we're if we're looking at circumstance then then and trying to define God by our circumstances, we may think that he changes. Or we may imply that he changes, but he does not change. Mm. He is who he says he is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And forever. And, and, you know, a lot of times people will think, well, but the Old Testament, you know, God in the Old Testament. You know what? I'm here to tell you Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews. Because God is the same. And when you look at Jesus, you are looking at who God is because yeah. they are the one and the same. And so you don't have Jesus as the kind loving. Jesus reflects all of who God is accurately. He is an exact representation. Um, and I'm going to take you to um, Hebrews chapter one, where it talks about that. Um, it says, God, after he had spoken long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the world. He is the radiance of his glory, mm. the exact representation of his nature, upholding all things by the word of his power. He made purification for sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become as much better than the angels as he inherited a more excellent name than they. Hmm. What name? The Son of God. Yeah. And that is what the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is about. Absolutely. God's plan for his creation. And it's hard if you just pick it up in the middle of something and try. You, You really do have to read it from cover to cover. You really do. To understand the full story of who God is. Um, it's, it's like any other book. If you, if you picked up a book and just read a sentence out of it, it may not make sense to you, or you could take it in a hundred of different ways. Context is extremely important and, and reading it. Um, I know there are parts of it that may be hard to understand, but again, we're back to faith and hope. Do you believe God is who he says he is? Yeah. I mean, he's proved himself over and over and over again. Um, through history, through 
I know through my life personally, I can see it. In the lives of others, I can see it. And he promises that when you seek him with all of your heart, that he'll be found of you. He says it over and over in scripture. You know, and so there's this beautiful promise that if you seek him out, he'll show himself to you. And if you look, I mean, I'm I'm just going to do a full Bible survey a little bit here. Okay, so if you start in Genesis, we start seeing God speak out of the void, out of nothing. And literally, by the word of his mouth, he creates. He creates. And then when it comes to man, he actually forms man of the dust of the ground. We bear his fingerprints in a way that is very unique to creation. But then you see him all the way through, like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, all the way through. He's speaking into the lives of men through bushes, through various different means. But he's speaking into the lives of men. Then we see all the way down, all the way through time, all the prophets, God speaking through the prophets to his people. Um, And then we see this 300-year silence. And in the midst of the silence, you know, we, at the end of the silence, we see God come out and he speaks through John the Baptist, the voice in the wilderness saying, prepare you the way. Here comes, here comes God. And literally we have Jesus come and Jesus is the exact representation of God. He is, he is, because we see Jesus, we can know who God is. Mm. Because Jesus literally is the radiance of the revealed essence of who God is. That's what glory is. It's the revealed essence. To reveal the nature and character. That is to bring God glory. And mm. it that is you can substitute the word glory for revealed essence. The revealed um, God revealing who he is. The full extent of who he is. And so the the cross was predestined before the creation, before the foundation of the, of the world. What does that mean? That means that in the redemption of us, God was demonstrating his love for us in such a way because he, because the pleasure of his goodwill, literally. So it was his joy to endure the cross. Mm-hmm. To rescue, to redeem us, to to literally buy us back from the enemy, um, to make us His, to to make us co heirs with Christ, I to bring us into His family, into His kingdom. The extent that God went to that, that's what we put our hope in. That's what is anchored in. He is our hope. He is the one that never changes. He never fails. No matter what you're going through, look to the God of all hope. Look to the God of all hope. Listeners, I don't know where you've been, but it is my prayer that if you're in the middle of a dark time, that you hold fast to God's character and His nature. You found a place to belong here in the Circle of Friends. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. 
Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed. Step back in time with a stay at one of the oldest buildings in historic Berlin, Ohio, the Worthman House. This charming building has a rich history with origins dating back to as early as the mid-1800s. The newly restored two-bedroom, one-bathroom suite has hardwood floors and gorgeous chestnut trim throughout. It is also outfitted with locally made Amish furniture. It can sleep six and offers a beautiful panoramic view of Berlin's Main Street. Its location in the heart of Berlin is an ideal spot for walking to various restaurants and shops. Book your stay at the Worthman House through VRBO.